everyone. Welcome back to Capitalize Your Fridays. I'm Taylor Dennis, Senior Wealth Design Specialist and VP of Altius Financial. And this is Michael Williams. I'm the founder and president of Altius Financial. So we recently had a client ask about investing in tech and what's really going on with a lot of the large companies losing trillions based on their recent share price. I think now is a great time to discuss our outlook on current market volatility. But first, I think let's start with our disclaimer. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of investment advice or financial planning. No advisor-client relationship is formed by the broadcasting of this episode or your listening of what we say. The use of this information or any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content in this podcast is not meant as a substitute for professional financial advice. If you're needing specific financial advice for your situation, please reach out to your certified financial planner. Or if you're interested in learning more about our firm, our people, or our philosophy, feel free to reach out to us through our website, which is altiusfinancial.com, or contact us directly by email at taylor at altiusfinancial.com or michael at altiusfinancial.com, just so you're aware that is A-L-T-I-U-S financial.com. Okay, so what are your thoughts on the recent market volatility? We have talked about many companies long being overvalued and having their share prices that aren't necessarily reflected by company earnings. But would you suggest that this current volatility is really due to the economy finally reflecting correct pricing and adjusting away from that previous overpricing? Or what are what's your thought on what's going on right now? Well, there's a big piece of investing that relates to interest rates. And because we're having interest rates go up, that is changing the dynamic and that's causing a lot of the volatility right now. What happens is interest rates are the cost of money, the cost of borrowing, the cost of capital. And whenever you have a higher cost of that capital, everyone's risk tolerance changes some and their time horizons change some. If you've got free money, if you've got low cost of capital, which is the case with a lot of the technology companies, they think in very long time periods because they don't have to pay it back as fast. Um, So their time horizon gets shortened quite a bit when you have an increase in interest rates, which means the profitability requirements of investors goes up more urgently. And that's why we're seeing their prices go down because people are like, well, they're not gonna make money for a long time. And maybe I knew that, but now it's it's really in my face. So that's part of what's going on there. So in... In layman's terms, if the earnings aren't there yet, people, investors aren't willing to pay high prices for companies that aren't showing those earnings because they know, we don't know if this is going to come anytime soon. Is that kind of the... Yeah, I think that's right. I I think, you know, ultimately, even though a lot of times people speculate on prices, will this stock price go up? They don't always recognize that it needs to go up for a reason. What would be the reason that a stock price would go up? Well, why does a company's stock price increase in value? Why is that company more valuable? Well, the only reason ultimately why it would be more valuable is because it can return more money in the form of earnings and profits to the shareholders at some point. So people, people change their viewpoint and their time horizon when you see interest rates go up like they have right now. That's the biggest factor in terms of, especially some of these technology companies, but that's that's one of the biggest factors that people are repricing risk and, and their timeframes and their, re, their risk tolerance, so to speak. So does that mean that the trillions that we've seen really just fall out of the market in these tech companies 
never really existed to begin with? Or what would you say about those dollars that have seemingly been lost on individual statements? Well, um, that relates to values, right? I mean, if someone sees a lower value on their statement, that means that they go, okay, well, if I were going to sell this investment right now, this is what I could get for it in terms of dollars. This is the market price, the you know, the quote, mark to market price. There are people out there willing to pay me for this investment at this current price. And it's a much lower price than I wanted it to be. And therefore yeah. they have lost. It's real money. It's real capital destruction when you have, and especially I use this term sometimes. I mean, you're, you, you just said something like, you know, in, in layman's terms, and I don't mean to get technical, but, <laughs> but you know, the, the fact is that people have to realize that you've got to have underlying earnings on those things on those investments and well so what does that mean for companies that haven't been showing earnings over the last decade or so does that mean that these companies are just going to drop out of the market entirely um does it imply future volatility ahead or do we think that things are kind of settling out for the companies that aren't maybe showing that kind of earnings well if a company is never going to show earnings what do we call that? A hobby. <laughs> or a loser, right? <laughs> or I mean, a loser. the thing is, okay. it's not like most companies can say, well, okay, here I am, and I've got some revenue, and I have some costs, and somehow magically they, add, they equal out. So yeah. I'm broke, I'm, you know, I, I, I broke even for the year. Mm-hmm. Companies are either making a little bit or making a lot or losing a little bit or losing a lot. Yeah. And if they're losing a little bit, a lot of times people are like, okay, I understand that. That's reinvest, you know, that's that's putting money into the program, into the investment that will return capital later on. But if a company is losing a lot on a regular basis, that means it's a destruction of capital and they that isn't, you know, it, it's not going to be recovered unless somehow there's some massive turnaround where uh, the products and services that they're selling all of a sudden become in much greater demand or their cost structure goes down a lot so that they can make profits. But ultimately, that's what it boils down to is does a company have earnings? Do they have earnings? Do they have sustainable earnings for a long time period? Can they grow those earnings? Oh, well, that's great. Uh, that sounds like a good investment where I'll get return on my money. So do you think that, um, and I'm going to use the word the market, but I'm kind of talking about general investment market in a kind of a broad spectrum way. Do you think that many companies are now going to find that they have to have that value, that underlying earnings to even compete at all in in their current share price? Like, is there going to be almost a flip of the investment strategy going forward? Because in the past handful of years, I know you and I talked and about specific companies and we'd say, well, that's kind of a cool looking company, but they don't have earnings. But then their share price maybe just kind of kept ticking up with with other types of equities. And we thought, well, but they still don't have earnings. And now those same companies are seeing a lot of volatility. So are we seeing that there's essentially a switch from the growth to the value type investment strategy as a whole right now when it I think that's true. I think we've seen that over the last year. That's that, that, as we've said before, tends to favor our investment philosophy because we'd like to see underlying earnings and, and more urgently than maybe some investors who might have a longer term horizon or more patience. But those companies that don't have earnings are now being oftentimes characterized as zombie companies. They're sort of being propped up. They have been propped up in a sense for a long time by low cost of capital, low interest rates. 
and now they're less likely to survive. So we'll probably see more defaults. We'll see more uh, bankruptcies, more companies. And if we go into recession, we'll certainly see more layoffs of, of employees. Uh, these companies won't be viable in the marketplace. And so they'll either have to go out of business or restructure and certainly not have the same kind of cost structure that they have. And that means layoffs. So investors who are currently holding companies that they're just seeing the price plummet on, should they be selling out of those companies because, well, this company doesn't have earnings and this is an issue? Or should they be holding or is it really more of a case-by-case basis? I'd say it's definitely case-by-case. I mean, there are companies out there that probably don't have earnings but may and may have great growth earnings and great growth prospects. But that's where you have to do the hard work um, of really understanding the company and their marketplace. What are they trying to sell and what are the odds that they'll be able to sell a bunch of it to lots of people at a profitable rate? So it depends. Uh, you know, There are more likely companies that are becoming more on sale that even do have earnings. You know, they're, they're being dragged down by the overall market conditions and they still, they, they have perfectly good earnings and growth potential, but because of the overall volatility, their prices are getting dragged down. But when you're investing in stocks, you either take that approach of, well, I'm going to go along with the crowd. I'm going to go along with the overall indexes and the markets. And I know over time, the you know the capitalist system, the semi-capitalist system that we have works and that uh, companies, if they're represented in large indexes, will be fine. Or you have to say, no, what do I own? What is it that I actually own? And is this a real going concern? Is this a company that really does have a good market and sustainable long-term prospects for their earnings? So your advice to our listeners at this time would be, and obviously not direct advice, but if you're listening... What you're saying here is you need to really pick what type of investor you are and stick with that strategy. I think that's a, there's a big part of that. Understanding the various ways to go about uh, growing your capital. Uh, we call it you know, defending, growing your, your long-term capital. And you have to pick a strategy. And uh, it's definitely, if you're uncomfortable with the strategy you're using right now, if you don't understand it, then make sure you're doing some soul searching yourself, if you're the one who's implementing it, or ask your advisor or whoever's, who's, whoever's in charge of your portfolio, ask more detailed questions about why they're picking what they're picking and why they think it'll work for the long term, or get a second opinion and come talk to Taylor or me. Yeah. Well, so kind of jumping back to other thoughts on recent market volatility, you already kind of covered... Um, interest rate changes? And do you want to maybe share a little bit about how the government has played a role in interest rate changes? And if there's anything that has happened recently with the election of the House Speaker, if you think anything like that. <laughs> you don't want to get me started on politics. <laughs> well, but... Yeah, the, 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 uh, obviously, the Federal Reserve and their interest rate policy, as I've been pounding the table for a long time, has a, a bigger impact than a lot of what the president or the Congress can do. Um, the cost of money, the cost of capital uh, is a huge impact on investing. And that's why the Fed matters. The Fed policy matters a lot. I don't, I don't like having to focus on the Federal, Federal Reserve and the central banking policies, but they have such an enormous impact on our overall economy that a person is just you know, silly to not kind of have sort of an understanding of how that works. But when you ask about the House Speaker and that, I mean, that 
I don't know how to make any comment. In one sense, I think that's a clown show. I mean, it's. I think it's a bit of an embarrassment for the Republican Party. Uh, I'm not necessarily a fan of McCarthy. I think I probably ultimately would have voted for him just to get the, the thing done. Uh, I, I do think that some of the the policy, the rules, I should say, the House rules that the Freedom Caucus, the supposedly you know, far right group who was pushing, who was not voting for McCarthy and was pushing him a lot. I, I actually think some of the rules changes were good, but ultimately I think it was you know better that they got a, a house speaker elected and it'll be interesting to see how, how well they construct their policies. I mean, I'm fearful that they'll be just like, okay, now we have control of the house and we have a house speaker and we're going to go after Democrats instead of offering a positive platform. That's what most both parties typically do, uh, but it, as it relates to the overall economy and market, I think it's much more important to pay attention to the, what the Federal Reserve does. Well, and maybe I should have asked him a, a more specific and better pointed question. Some of what I have heard recently, and obviously, correct me if if you know better, because you are much more engaged politically than I am. But some of what I heard was that some of the trade offs that McCarthy is that correct. Mm-hmm that he agreed to, one of those was actually the ability for him essentially to be voted off again. And I heard that that having that kind of authorization in place is likely going to create more checks and balances and likely lead to more of a standstill. Oftentimes what you've said is that when there's kind of a standstill in government and we're not doing a ton to make a lot of changes, that's usually better for investing because investors like to see stability. Do you think that having a potential likelihood of having more of a standstill in Congress is going to lead to better stability in Congress and therefore possibly for investments? Or is that a huge stretch? Well, I don't know if you'd call it stability because there's a lot of uh, divisiveness in this country uh, and, and between the parties and the various factions out there internal to the parties. But if they can't get anything done, if there is this logjam where they can't, there's not enough of a uh, majority in the House and the Senate to pass things and to get Biden's approval and signature on law, then that's generally a good thing. Even though it may seem like lots of arguing for no reason, as you said, I mean, uh, the idea that investors can say, okay, nothing's going to change that much from a legal standpoint. They're not going to change the rules of the game for me so I can plan longer term. And that's the case with both business and individuals. If you know, okay, not much is going to change, you know, whatever the whatever the reason for that, it, because they can't get along in Washington or whatever, but nothing's going to change that much, then you have a, a greater ability and capacity to plan longer term, and that can be good for the for the overall economy. Okay. So for our listeners who are just having concerns on, they turn on the TV and they've seen the the recent volatility, they've seen markets kind of up and down. What should we advise them at this time? I mean, is it really just recalibrate what your investment strategy is and make sure you're um, focusing in on that? Or what would you advise to our listeners? Well, I think, you know, for many of our clients, um, it's we want to continue to do the same thing. We are succeeding in this environment uh, based on my criteria because we are looking at companies that are, have greater value and, and uh, v- visibility to their earnings. 
But I would say that anyone who's listening, client or not, should they should ask lots of good questions, feel like they understand the approach, and reevaluate, the, first of all, their own time frames, their own goals, and their own spending habits. That's always the, the things that you can control are you know, the ones you want to pay attention to. If you don't have any control over it, you know, who had control over when, whether McCarthy got you know, elected as the Speaker of the House? Well, I certainly didn't, and you didn't, Taylor. So yeah. you know, we, can, we can observe that and say, okay, what kind of impact will it have? But we have a much greater control over our own plans, over our own spending. You know, what are my goals for this year? And you know, to that end, we welcome people to make sure they're looking at their plans with us, you know, going through and evaluating their budgets, looking at the the portfolio we've put together for them to see how it meets the current conditions right now. Yeah. We do also want to make sure that um, we are inviting you to share any information that you do find with us. So this episode is partly inspired by a client who sent us an article and asked a couple of questions on it. And, um, and we thought, Hey, that's, really a great discussion that should be shared with everyone. So if there's something that you're curious about, if you come across a document or an article and you want a little bit more information or you want our insight or our opinions on that specific document, feel free to send it over to us and we'll take a look and maybe give you our feedback or our perspective on whatever information you're sharing. So thank you all for listening to today's podcast. As always, we invite you to follow, like, subscribe to us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. All of our social media platforms are saved as Altius Financial. That is all in one word. You'll see our logo with the pillar on it. Um, this year, we are trying a new type of uh, weekly post type strategy. So instead of just sending terminology or doing that 53-week challenge that we had in the previous two years. We're now trying to just share whatever's current information, things that might be useful for our Altius client base, and maybe some things that are going on in the current economy, current market, etc. So make sure to tune in on those platforms if, if you want to hear and stay up to date with what we're thinking about and what's going on in the world. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Thanks, everyone. 